I am Jada Graziano, fashion educator, career advisor and CEO. The way I broke into the fashion industry and started my career working for luxury brands wasn't linear. And with this podcast, you will learn that getting a job in fashion is not what you think. When I was looking for my first job in fashion, I was feeling alone and a total outsider. I had no connections, I was not living in a fashion capital, I had no experience, and I had a management engineering degree. My confidence was lacking, but I had this big dream, and I tested unconventional strategies to stand out in this competitive industry. And I made it, sooner than I thought. I created Glam Observer to help you do the same, teach you the tried and true strategies to land your dream role in fashion, even if, like me, you feel like there are too many obstacles along the way. If you're a fashion enthusiast looking to start your career in the fashion industry, you are in the right place. In this podcast, you will learn career advice, get the confidence, and build a plan to turn your dream into reality. While also learning about the fashion industry from the inside. Let's begin! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Glam Silver Podcast. I am very excited to be back with the new season of the podcast after our break in December and January and I'm really happy to be back at recording these podcast episodes and this season is going to be a mix between my solo episodes and also we have an incredible guest list that is coming on the show very soon. I'm very excited to be talking to you again, even though we have published a lot of content on the blog and the newsletter, I really miss talking to you guys, so I'm really happy to be back. And also a lot happened in the past months when the podcast was not on. In December, we published the Glam Server Report for the first year. We did a recap of what happened in the fashion industry in 2022. We also named the top products and top brands of the years, as well as also introducing for the first time the observers. Fashion professionals, we believe, are shaping the fashion industry. In this list, you will find designers, stylists, buyers, editors, and anyone who is a creative and thus having an impact on the global fashion industry and that we personally admire for their career, their project, their passion, and they're a source of inspiration for us. So since we haven't posted on this podcast when the report went live, I will also leave you the link because this report is free to download. So if you want to take a look at the report to understand better the fashion industry but even to take a look at the observers because maybe you're going to find people that maybe you didn't know that are shaping the fashion industry so it's for your personal knowledge and we're also going to have some of the observers on this podcast and the episodes interviews with them are going to be released very soon so i'm very excited about this new project as well Speaking about something new that we launched at Glam Server in January, it is the new newsletter 365 Days of Fashion. 
because you know over the past years Glamour Safari have always asked me where can I learn more about the fashion industry and you know that in these years my main products have been online courses but I really wanted to give you a resource that can teach you about fashion on a daily basis because I truly believe in perpetual learning. I believe that courses can give you great foundations, but keeping learning about fashion or whatever topic it is, it is fundamental to be successful. Your education should not stop when you graduate and should not stop when you finish or complete the course. You always have to be willing to learn more, whether it's enrolling in a new online course, but also learning daily through reading industry publications, listening to podcasts, reading books, watching videos. And so last year we already launched the newsletter Inside Fashion where every Friday we sent you a recap of what happened in the fashion industry in the past week as well as also we suggest fashion professionals to follow, videos to watch, movies or documentaries or podcast episodes, as well as also sending you a list of the latest internships and jobs that have been published in the past week in the top fashion capitals, so Milan, London, New York and Paris. So in addition to this newsletter, we decided to launch a new newsletter, which is a paid newsletter where every single day, five days a week, we're going to teach you fashion industry fundamentals. So 365 Days of Fashion is a new newsletter and every day you're going to receive this quick to read emails that are going to teach you industry fundamentals such as fabrics, fashion terms to know, how the industry works, history and much more. So considering your daily dose of fashion where you're actually going to learn about the fashion industry. Plus, uh, when you're going to join 365 Days of Fashion, there is also a fashion book club where every month we read a fashion book together. The first book of the month was Hannah the Biography and on February the 15th, we're going to announce the second book of this book club. So if you want to join the book club to read the book together, but most of all to start a conversation about fashion, join 365 Days of Fashion, where there is also a networking thread. So you will be able to network with the other members. So it's a great place to learn about the fashion industry on a daily basis because many times people ask me where should I go and read and learn more about fashion. So with 365 days of fashion, it is the content that comes to your inbox directly. So that's why it's super helpful for so you don't have to go on a specific website every day to read this news or to read this concept about the fashion industry. It is the concept that comes to you into your inbox straight. So it is easy to consume. So it's perfect to read it when like I imagine it something that you can read during your morning routine. So where you enjoy your coffee, when you're commute to work, to school, during your lunch break. And they're also short and quick to read, so it's not something super long that is going to take you like 15 minutes to read. It goes straight to the point, teaching you one concept every day, so that it's easy for you also to memorize. So I will also leave you the link to 365 Days of Fashion in the notes of this podcast episode. 
And I'm ready to get started with this week podcast topic, which is about Fashion Week. You know that Fashion Mount is around the corner. This week, New York Fashion Week is going to open the door to the Fashion Month. And so I thought that it would be interesting to learn more about the history of Fashion Week and the history of specifically each Fashion Week, New York, Milan, Paris and London. So I'm very excited to get started with this podcast episode. Let's begin from the very beginning of fashion shows and fashion weeks. We go back to 1850. There was the birth of the couture industry in Paris. Even though you will learn in this podcast episode that the first fashion week was not held in Paris, but we're going to get there. So in the beginning, haute couturiers were visiting clients at home for fittings. So the concept of presenting the collections in front of clients, in front of people, was not existing before. So initially, it was the couturier who went to the client's house for fittings. It was Charles Frederick Worth, who is considered to be the father of haute couture, the first one to invite customers to his atelier. So he started this new tradition where it was the designer who invited customers, clients over to present the new designs. If we think of a fashion show nowadays, we all imagine these big events with hundreds of people attending. But in the beginning, these events were pretty intimate and not open to the public. You imagine nowadays that there are influencers and that these events are also shared globally through social media. But initially, you know, photographers, can you really believe that they were not allowed to these events because of anxiety high about the sign being copied? Fashion shows initially were in fact reserved only to clients first and then they were open to journalists, so press, editors and buyers as well. In 93, the Parisian tradition of showing customers the latest collections reached New York with a shop called Erich Brothers that organized the US first fashion show. It was a big success and by 1910, department stores and designers all over the US were holding their own shows. However, it was not until 1943, the fashion houses stage fashion shows as we know them today. So let's begin with a little bit of the history of New York Fashion Week. New York Fashion Week is actually the home of the first Fashion Week, which was founded in 1943. Up until the 1940s, the fashion scene was concentrated in Paris, and American designers, editors and buyers used to rely on Paris to look for fashion inspiration. But with World War II, US journalists couldn't travel to Paris. So this is when Eleanor Lambert, the iconic fashion publicist, who then also started the international best dress list of celebrities, 
the Coty Fashion Critics Award that later became the CFDA Awards that are still happening today and the Mets Ball came along. She saw a unique opportunity to bring the attention from Paris to New York. So in 1943, she launched the first press week. So initially, New York Fashion Week was not named New York Fashion Week, but was initially named Press Week because it was a way to showcase the designer's creations to journalists. The Press Week was initially held at the Plaza Hotel in New York City and all the journalists from America but also elsewhere were joining. This event was in fact focused on the press only, that's why it's called, it was called Press Week because buyers instead show the collections in separate visits in showrooms. This event was a success and many designers, even new ones, were starting getting popularity and being featured on publications such as Vogue and Harper's Bazaar. You know, we said that Eleanor Lambert founded what is called Press Week in 1943. The assistant, the PR assistant of Eleanor Lambert, Ruth Finley, was another one that played a big role with the concept of Fashion Week that we know nowadays. Ruth Finley, in fact, launched the fashion calendar, compiling all of the weeks even in one comprehensive guide, ensuring that designers' showtimes didn't clash. There is a documentary that was released in 2022 that is named Calendar Girl. So if you want to learn more about that, I suggest you to go and watch that documentary. But shortly, the idea of fashion calendar came when Finley overheard two fashion writers that were debating between attending a Saks Fifth Avenue event or a Bergdorf Goodman one, because both events were happening at the same time. So Finley saw an opportunity to organize these fashion events and kind of avoid that there could be some events that were collapsing and having place at the same time. So she started publishing the fashion calendar and they, they were these little pink books that were printed and distributed. So this basically set the model to how fashion weeks are replicated, you know, the annual event that we have every um, year that brings together buyers, designers and editors. And also the reason why she organized this fashion calendar, she also said that she wanted to kind of balance the visibility also to give it to, you know, established designers versus new designers. Because with this fashion calendar, designers had 15 minutes to showcase their collection, giving also the opportunity to new designers to show theirs. The fashion week started to grow in the US and Eleanor Lambert founded the Council of Fashion Designers of America in 1962, which allowed American fashion to grow and the world's economy. In the 60s, fashion shows started to be produced and look like the ones we are familiar with today. 
At that time, fashion shows were organized in the same week with the fashion calendar, but they were not taking place in the same location. And this caused a little bit of frustration for buyers and editors who had to go from one part of the city to the other one to be present at these events. So considering this inconvenience, Fern Malles, who was the executive director of the CFDA, in 1993 decided to centralize shows at Bryant Park in the famous White Tent. At that time, New York Fashion Week was still not named New York Fashion Week and it was called 7th on 6th after the event management company founded by CFDA that was called 7th on 6th. So the 19th saw a new direction for fashion shows, not only because in New York they were centralized in one location, but also because we saw that celebrities were sitting front row when we said that initially fashion shows were born to show collection to clients first, then to press and then to buyers to place their orders. So the 90s was also the year where celebrities were appearing at fashion shows. When New York Fashion Week moved to Bryant Park, it was also the time that the name was branded to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. New York would remain the only Fashion Week until 1958, when Milan Fashion Week was established. But what is curious is that Milan was not the first city in Italy to hold the first fashion show. In fact, the country's fashion scene emerged in Florence with a runway organized in 1951 by the Italian aristocrat Giovanni Battista Giorgini, who held the first fashion shows at his residence first with designs from Emilio Pucci and Fontana Sisters, and then to Palazzo Pitti in Florence. It was the first time that Italy received buyers from major American retailers such as Saks Fifth Avenue and Bird of Goodman, and they were placing orders for these Italian designers, and they were also journalists and photographers from all over the world. The event was such a success that it caused a huge traffic problem in Florence. So that's when they decided to hold these fashion shows to Milan. So Milan Fashion Week was founded by Camera Nazionale della Moda, the National Chamber for Italian Fashion, in 1958. And then the rest was history with the 97th and 98th, characterized by Milan-based designers, including Giorgio Armani and Gianni Versace, who became widely popular, making Milan one of the biggest fashion cities. Among the most memorable moments of Milan, there is the Versace 1991 show, featuring the original supermodels, including Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Christine Turlington and Linda Evangelista. Okay, so after New York and Milan, it's time to talk a little bit about Paris. So we said that Fashion Week didn't begin in Paris, the Fashion Week that we know today. But like I said at the beginning of this podcast episode, the fashion scene was developing in France already from 
the early 90s. And this was because Au Couture shows was held in France since 1945, when the Champs Syndicale de la Haute Couture required the couture houses to present a collection of at least 35 pieces to the press with both daytime and evening wear. So that was how couture that was already going on in Paris. But it wasn't until 1973, so after New York and even after Milan, that there was the first Paris Fashion Week. Because you know that in Paris, it is the only city where there is two types of Fashion Week. There is Haute Couture Week, which is only held in Paris, and there is Fashion Week, menswear and women's wear. So the first normal fashion week was organized by French Fashion Federation in 1973. And there is a very famous event related to the opening and the beginning of Paris Fashion Week, which is called the Battle of Versailles. So this was actually considered like the first event that opened Paris Fashion Week. It was held on November 1973. And it's called the Battle of Versailles because it was kind of a battle between Paris fashion versus New York fashion, even though this was not conceived as a competitive event. In fact, this event was a fundraiser at the Palace of Versailles to cover the cost of renovating the royal residence, which was estimated at around $16 million. But this event became super popular. It has a guest list of 700 people, with including like Princess Grace, Andy Warhol, Liza Minnelli. And this event is really one of the most important events of the History Fashion Week. There's also a book, The Battle of Versailles, if you want to read more about that. Each designer had to submit eight designs for consideration. For Paris, representing Paris, there were Saint Laurent, Emmanuel Ungaro, Christian Dior, Pierre Cardin, and Givenchy. While representing the US, there was Han Klein, Halston, Oscar de Ralenta, Bill Blass, and Stephen Burroughs. In the end, it looks like that America won over Paris, meaning that their collection were simply more avant-garde. The last fashion capital who launched the Fashion Week was London. The British Council, which still organizes Fashion Week today in London, launched the first one in 1983, which also introduced the Designer of the Year Award in 1984. And the first winner was Catherine Amnet. You know that the British Fashion Council still organized the Fashion Awards every year in December. And also while this podcast was off, I attended personally the Fashion Awards this December, but also bringing with me two students of the Glamour Fashion Academy. So the first show of, of London Fashion Week was held in a car park in West London. Some of the young designers to the booth there were Betty Jackson, David Fielden, and John Galliano. The event was so successful that the UK government officially announced it would provide funding so that it could continue. Even the royals developed an interest in fashion shows. 
Princess Diana, for example, held a reception for various designers at Lancaster House in 1985. In addition to the surprise of every attendant in 1986, Margaret Thatcher attended the show and stayed there for the whole week despite being a busy person. Despite a successful start, the 19th results to be a hard time for London. The excess of the 80s gave way to a recession in the 90s and with lower interest and less money to invest in shows, by 1992, London Fashion Week was reduced to just a small handful of designers showing at the Ritz. However, for fashion history, it was an important period as 1993 marked the first time that the late Alexander McQueen showed at London Fashion Week, followed by Stella McCartney in 1995. The British Fashion Council then came to the aid of young designers by establishing the New Gen Scheme, which supports young designers with both financial aid and mentorship to help their businesses take off. So that was the history of Fashion Week and the major and the four big fashion capitals. Although there are many Fashion Weeks around the world nowadays, the big four are still New York, London, Milan, and Paris. Each fashion month always begins with New York, followed by London, Milan, and Paris is the one that closed the event. Nowadays, the Fashion Week play takes place twice a year, in February and in September for women's shows, and in January and June for men's shows. And there are also other events that take place, like, for example, there is resort or cruise show that happened before spring-summer, and there is also pre-fall that happens before fall-winter. Plus, of course, there is couture show that happens in January and July. And also, the goal of a fashion show has changed over the years because, like we said, initially they were just a way to present the new collection to clients, then to editors, press and buyers. Nowadays, a fashion show is a full experience. It's a global event whose goal is not just to show a collection, but also a big marketing event and moment for a fashion brand. In the following weeks, I'm going to cover more about fashion weeks. We will also learn together who attends fashion shows, how much fashion shows cost, so if you like this episode, subscribe and also rate because it helps me keep going with the episode. And also take a screenshot and tag me at Glam Observer on Instagram if you're listening to this episode and let me know what other topics you would like to listen on this show. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now.